0: Is it coping with loss or is it living with loss? When loss initially happens, everything changes. The life we knew before is no longer. Loss is not a temporary setback. It is not something we experience and get over. We do not move on. We move into a different world. The world before the loss is now the world of the after loss. As a daughter, parent, business owner, associate, and friend, I have personally experienced the sudden death of a coworker, family member, business associate, and friends. The emotional blow delivered is experienced differently, and of course, every single person has their own way to deal with grieving and death. I have asked Benjamin Allen, a grief recovery specialist, speaker, and author, to share his insights for organizations, service professionals, and caregivers on how to stay centered and strong through challenging landscape of grief. We'll be right back.
1: If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International.
0: Benjamin Allen is a grief recovery specialist, speaker, and international best-selling author of Out of the Ashes, Healing in the Afterloss, Grief Coloring Book, and Seasons of Solace to honor the legacy of his wife and two sons and to help others in their journey through grief. I hope you'll visit his website at theafterloss.com. So Benjamin, welcome. Thank you for joining me.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: So first let's let's address the you know what is grief how does it work
2: Well when loss happens when someone we love deeply dies. What happens, from my perspective, is that a part of us goes with them, and a part of them stays with us. And in that, grief is actually a reintegration process. We reintegrate into this new relationship with ourselves, with the world around us, and with the one we have lost, because that relationship continues in one form or another. So grief is actually this being Uh, discombobulated and coming back in reintegration into a new person. We never go back to how it was. How it was is over.
0: Of course, you know, it's been a while since you experienced what prompted you to follow this path to become a grief recovery specialist. And so, you know, what is it from that experience, whether you want to share that or not, that brought you to, wow, there's definitely a need for this?
2: Yes, my personal experience did lead me into working with people with grief. But I've also dealt with it before with professionally. But what started for me was my wife was given a transfusion at the birth of our first child, and we didn't know it had HIV in it. And then we had another child two years later, and we found out about the HIV after the second child was born. All three of them were HIV positive, and I was negative. So our youngest child died at the age of eight and a half months old Mm. in 1986. Uh, My wife died in 1992 uh, at the age of 38. And then our oldest son died about three years later at the age of 13. So I walked through the 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 deaths and the grieving and the, the preparatory grief and the anguish that we we traveled through uh, for 13 years as a caregiver and also as someone that worked with people that were terminally ill. I worked with uh, palliative care, and I worked at the medical school, working with individuals. So uh, I've worked on both sides of the aisle there, of the uh, uh, personal and the professional. And that's where I found that reintegration process and what happens to us as we go through this and what happens to caregivers. How do we stay sustainable? Sustainable and working at the same time we're dealing with the personal devastation. And so uh, I've also had my mother die and both of my brothers in, in consequent years, uh, one last recently, a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. And one loss brings up all losses. There's no isolation in loss. And so there is this moving through and addressing it. And what I encourage people to do is to lean into everything. And everyone grieves differently. It's a unique experience. There's universal principles. There's things that we all encounter. Survivor's guilt, a sense of of that that pain, that loneliness, that fear.
0: With the opioid epidemic, and I've had dear friends who have lost a child to you know drug abuse and certainly the, they have, it seems like, even more guilt or why didn't I know, things like that, to where almost committing suicide themselves. And so it's scary. And, you know, a lot of it is, I think, you know, we all understand we're going to experience that. People struggle with, well, what do you say to somebody? How do I support somebody?
2: Well, how we do that is, you know, it's... One of the things that I always say is that the people that have not experienced great loss don't know what to say. And the people that have experienced great loss know there's nothing that can be said. And it really isn't what we say. It's how we show up. What I encourage people to do, especially in businesses, when I work with how do you approach your clients. But what I talk about is presence and authenticity. It's about showing up and being there, not Not uh, wanting to get out of the room, not feeling that uncomfortableness, all those kind of things. It's just showing up and to being real. And it's not about that they have to have gone through great loss. What you say to someone isn't as important as how you show up and you listen, and they know individuals know when they're in grief. The sensitivity and the sensors are up, so they know when someone's being real and they know when they're not. And for instance, after my wife died, uh, the first person I looked up before I went to tell our son that his mother had died was a friend of mine that had was single. He never had, he didn't have uh, any children. He had never had any loss in his life. But through the process that I was going through, he showed up and said, I have no idea what you're going through, but I'm here for you. I went and had coffee with him. I looked him up before I went to tell our son, because that's the kind of people that I needed in my life. And that's what we can be for others, is that presence and authenticity is what really, it's not what we say, it's how we show
0: up. Well, one of the things that was pointed out to me is a lot of times, you know, when the uh, loss is first incurred, of course, there's tons and tons of people and, but then as time marches on, we're seven months, nine months, a year, and pretty soon no one's showing up. Right. So people experience the loneliness. And so as a caregiver or a family member, how do you tell people you, you need to keep showing up or.
2: Yeah, it, you know. it depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. We, we need to find when we're in grief, safe people people that, and there's some are, some are safe and some aren't some can be there and some can't and and I work with people and discerning who they are but also finding a sense of acceptance for those that can't show up and not to carry that kind of anger and bitterness but you're right about that I, I always describe it as there's a shelf life to grief is that when and after the funeral the people go home now this is why I started the I coined the phrase the after loss because the after loss is a different terrain. It's a subterranean landscape that where an individual that is going through great grief is disconnected to that surface world that they used to live in. And what healing is, is is not getting over a a loss. Healing is actually moving through to where this world of the afterloss can find uh, cohesion and resurface with the world around us. I will always miss my family. I will always love them. I will always grieve them. But I I can at, at this point in the healing is not about getting over the pain. Healing is about finding peace within the pain, within the loss. That's what healing truly is. So the after loss the the goal of working with an individual in in grief is they're actually living in loss is to find a way to blend and to weave back in to the surface elements that that element of loss
0: so that you can continue to live absolutely and find happiness absolutely and adventure absolutely and yet <laughs> it's you know really about making sure that you know it's it's your mental health mm-hmm physical emotional spiritual and that you don't have to not live because your family friends parents are not
2: exactly and that's it. and you can live with the loss and live with the pain there there's always going to be a cyclical nature to the grieving, because there's birthdays, there's the anniversary of the deaths, there's all these different elements that are gonna bring up that connection. And that's why I'm talking about that reintegration with the person that we've lost. I'm still I feel still in relationship with, with the ones I've lost. It's a different relationship but it doesn't end. it evolves. When I grieve I grieve not for a child of 13 that died I grieve for a child would be my child at 33. you know I grieve that I'm never going to be a grandparent. I grieve it's, that is a continuation. It doesn't stop it's not and what happens when you talk about the society around us and that shelf life, Many people have to grieve in, in, that, in that seclusion and hiding because other people, oh, I'm tired of hearing about it or I'm tired of dealing with it. And that, that is so detrimental. And there's a way to move through this to find the fluidity. And that's really important when I work with people is the fluidity of loss and the movement within it. You know, where where healing is most deterred is when things become stagnant. The stagnation is where there's the damage. The fluidity, and that means speaking about memories, that means doing things, that are healthy and, and honoring. One of the things that I do for, uh, I call it the rose ceremony, on the anniversaries of their deaths, their individual, is what I would do is, and what I do is get, out, get a rose, and I go to the uh, body of water because I uh, spread their ashes. And I take a, one petal off at a time. And I think of a beautiful memory. And I, after I'm through, I kiss the petal and I drop it in the water. And I go all the way around the rose, and, and celebration and love for my family. And then at the end, I kiss the thorns and I drop that in. And that is keeping fluidity in the loss.
0: That's awesome. Brings tears to my eyes. We have to go to break,
3: Benjamin. We'll be right back. Raising bees is becoming more popular by the day. It's an interesting hobby that has tons of benefits, whether you're young or old, and most important, you can help save the bees. If you want to learn the how-tos of this entertaining and profitable pastime, come to the 2018 Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, February 23rd through the 25th in Yarrington, Nevada. This conference helps beginning and advanced beekeepers keep up with the art and science of beekeeping in a fun and informative way. To register, go to nevadastatebeekeepers.org. That's nevadastatebeekeepers.org. Suntech solar screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. Suntech solar screening proudly features Pfeiffer screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. Suntech solar screening 3529396. Suntech solar screening. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful
1: real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International
0: Benjamin Allen, my guest today, is certified by the Grief Recovery Institute, where he has worked with grieving individuals and groups for decades. He lives in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and is renowned for his corporate training and personal growth programs because of his unique and deeply informed perspective at the emotional blow that a death of a spouse, parent, friend, co-worker, or certainly a child delivers. His book, Out of the Ashes, is available on Amazon, and I encourage you to visit his website, theafterloss.com. So, Benjamin, let's let's talk about grief in the workplace because we all at times will experience that. I can remember in my 20s, one of my dearest friends, co-worker, wrapped herself around a tree one night and the next morning, you know, we have to tell all the employees and certainly experience what the shock, the shock, And with all of the workplace violence going on around the country, this is becoming more and more prevalent, not just, I need bereavement to go bury Uncle Joe.
2: Yeah, there's kind of two elements, or or at least two elements. One is, what how do we approach someone who is in grief in the workplace and the other is if someone is in individual is in grief how do they work in the workplace so those two elements are uh, something we can address at the moment Mm -hmm. but uh, the first being the how to how the workplace approaches someone that's living in loss or has experienced loss collectively it's important to have a sense of expression for that loss you know the it, uh, one of the talks that i do is the elephant in the workplace because that's there's there's something going on there and people are kind of tiptoeing around it and they need to get their work done they need to find that productivity and everyone in that collective is in a different place with that individual that has experienced loss or the loss themselves if it was a coworker some may have been close some may have just known them you mm-hmm. know briefly and so, but to have some type of expression, external expression of, of, of uh, addressing it is important. Also, there's a sense of moving on, getting back to work, finding that sense of, of, of and that's where the, the, the issue where they talk about moving on, that's where it can be helpful as well as detrimental. If, if, and to move in that kind of sensitivity in the workplace to just monitor how's it going, how's the, how's the productivity going, are we back into this, not, not because they're moving away from that care and loss, but because they're moving through it. So if there needs to be some kind of collective of addressing, it depends on the magnitude or it's just something that needs to be in a, in a simple expression. So that's that's one element on the uh,
0: Well, are you finding that more and more organizations are maybe reaching out to you for, would it be sensitivity training right. or, I mean, I worked with a co-worker whose son was murdered And yet, she was right back to work, and I was stunned because she just was like, I'm going to work through it, never talked about it, and after a while, you're just like, okay, well, this is her way of dealing, and yet, it just seemed strange.
2: Uh, Yes, and yet, it is the individual. Like I mentioned earlier, we have universal principles, universal things that we encounter but they're all encountered in a unique way. And some people are like that. They just want to, you know, power through it. Other people need some time. Other people need, a, you know, there's a rhythm right. to it. So it really is addressing it on an individual basis. And as for working with with uh, companies and individuals, the sensitivity training, there is, there is a need for that. Uh, it's better if it's done before it happens, but if there is this ongoing, because then you have that sensitivity training of, of how we deal with loss. It's, it's more than just loss of, of someone we love. Uh, it's loss of uh, a dream, loss of a job. loss. There are a lot of losses that we encounter. And like I said, one loss brings up all losses relationships are the big one. When someone walks in and they're going through a divorce, how do you keep the productivity going? How do you keep, And how do you keep the sensitivity as well and that balance? So, Yeah, and let's
0: know. hit on that because I'm personally experienced. You know, I shared before that my dad, you know, he's 88. We're bringing in hospice. He's not ready to let go yet, but I'm trying to deal with because I'm his you know, power of attorney. So I've got to deal with all the paperwork and bringing in all the help and it is costing me productivity at the workplace. And I am struggling a little bit to balance all of that and then clients are disappointed or, you know, you promised me X and you're not delivering. And so there's this weirdness, is that what I should call it, <laughs> going on right now because I, I have to be there for him, yet I have to be there for my clients. And fortunately, I have staff. But what if you're a one-person one operation or a two-person operation?
2: Yeah, so that, that segues into the other side of people that are going through loss and how to keep that productivity. The the more we address the loss on a personal level and personal time, the greater the possible, uh, potential for, for productivity and to keep in that sustainability of, of of the workplace. But that's very important to have that downtime. When I work with people, it's about pacing. It it's really is about pacing on a daily basis, not waiting for the weekend. Not the, and and what is what replenishes and what what d- takes from the individual. So we look at areas of where there can be replenishment. This one individual owns a company, owns a company, and. Uh, uh, a wealth management company and he and everyone was looking at him because he had lost his father and it was a very, very deep, wonderful relationship. And we talked about pacing of, of how do you, in a day, get replenished. And sometimes it's get up and take a walk. Sometimes it's to do certain things uh, at night. He did a lot of journaling. There's so many different techniques to keep that pacing and the replenishment going on a daily basis so they can be there. The more self-care we have, the more we can care and be show up for others, as either as a caregiver or as, as a coworker.
0: Well, and, and that's kind of the space I'm at. I feel like it's all going out and I'm not taking care of myself. So now we add into this whole process you know that's when you're going to get sick right now all those other decisions that seem to have to be made in 24 hours right because the society doesn't say we're going to let you grieve for a few days and then you can make the big decisions
2: no it really is about the the balance and and also in that self-care and what replenishes that's what goes first with a caregiver and right now you're you are a caregiver and so that's what so what what needs to happen is is finding ways to where there's replenishment and there's a rejuvenation on a daily basis, I'm really strong on this daily basis because I know in my own experience as I was going through that 13 years, my main goal was to go the distance Says I wanted to be there for my family and go the distance. I still had to work. I was still working at the medical school. I was still doing all these different things, but I had to balance that. And in that balance came the... the absolute necessity to take care of myself. And the more I took care of myself, the more I could be there for them. And so that is one of the biggest uh, potential destructive nature of of, of caregiving is the lack of self-care.
0: Well, and some of it too is, especially if it's a parent, of course, because you've seen them a certain way for all your life and now they're helpless and there's some anger and frustration. And of course, it's all the emotions that people are going to go through, which, you know, I'm sure in the caregiving world and palliative care and all of that, because you see a decline and it happens rapidly. So you work a lot with organizations and certainly types of organizations in the care World, is that right, correct? Right.
2: Yeah, yeah. I worked with in the medical field, but as also with wealth managers and other corporations because there needs to be that kind of sensitivity and understanding. But it also, I, I do individual counseling and I also um, do uh, trainings mm-hmm. as well.
0: Okay, and that, that information we can find on your website, right? right Theafterloss.com. Right and certainly anyone out there that's in this space that, you know, reach out. You have an awesome blog, you have books, you have all kinds of things going on. But so because we we don't have a lot of time left, what is kind of a final message that you would like to share with folks? Be
2: gentle. Be gentle with yourself, because that's the most important thing. Is that because in that gentleness, in that cutting yourself some slack, you know, there's a scaling system. At, at when you're you're in this kind of overload, what used to be a ten is your highest productivity, and what it ha- it changes. So ten becomes different, and so in that gentleness, there's many people that are worried. Why can't I do what I could have done? You know, a year ago, what what's going on here? And that's the gentleness, and to and to lean into everything, lean into the sorrow, lean into the sadness, lean into the joy, lean into the sense of presence, the gift of life. Lean into the gift of life, because the gift of life includes the gift of loss.
0: Mm, it's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. So, my guest, Benjamin Allen, who is a grief recovery specialist and does has written books we're gonna end our show today and i look forward to running into you again absolutely and sharing your your story with us today very important a lot of people right now you know a lot going around the world and and it feels like there's a lot more grief going on than than we would expect
2: I think we're just more aware of it, more aware of that. And everyone encounters loss and grief. So how do we approach it? How do we address it? Yes. So crucial.
0: All right. Well, thank Thank you. you. Thank you. You've been listening to The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified. And today I wanted to talk about a subject that is near and dear to my heart and found the expert who could help us through our processes.
3: Suntech Solar Screening uses Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. Suntech Solar Screening. 352 9396. Suntech Solar Screening. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels
1: the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com.